groundbreaking ceremony for a new factory. Did she mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a plane at the airport? No, she said she was jet-lagged. The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Matt. Mom? No, no, uh, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus, no treatment protocol, and no vaccine at this time. You had a seizure this morning, Beth. Is she the history of seizures? No, no, no. Allergies? As of last night, there were 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Right. Can I go talk to her? Mr. Amoff, your wife is dead. What are you talking about? What happened to her? Hello there and welcome to Out of Theaters, the podcast that reviews the movies of yesteryear, this year. My name is Billy Culpa, here with my good friend Will Piper. Will, hello there. Hi, Billy. If you've listened to the show before, thank you for once again downloading. But if you're new to the show, the concept is simple. My friend Will has seen lots and lots of movies. I have. I have not. Will introduces something for us to watch together that I can experience for the first time, or maybe I haven't seen in a long time, and then we sort of debate its merits. Uh, There you go. I think that's it. I think it's a simple concept. So a little behind the scenes stuff. Uh, we are going to record uh, multiple episodes this evening. And this first episode is coming out the day after the Oscars. But we're recording it the day before the Oscars. So we're going to spend our little pre-intro here discussing uh, our ballots. Our Oscar picks. And the fun thing is, is from the moment you listen to this, you will know if we are idiots or not. Which, you know, could work for us, could not work for us. Normally, you have to wait a little bit to find if we're idiots. Right now, you'll know right off the bat. The only negative to this uh, multi-recording session is that we're probably not going to ever address (laughs) whether or not we were right again. So, you'll just have to know. That's right. Oh, they'll know. They'll know. This week's featured movie. We threw an audible. We threw an audible. I was trying to think of a way to set that up. Because of the, 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 the fear, the global fear surrounding the coronavirus mm-hmm. from china we decided we would capitalize on this trend That's right. <laughs> we can you know get some interest out of this we're going to profiteer a little bit and switch to the movie contagion All right 2010 steven soderbergh drama about coincidentally a pandemic that begins in china fascinating oh, yeah. it's perfect first let's go through some oscar picks Will. let's do it so how do you want to do this i was thinking we just roll through oscars.go.com and just go for the big heavy hitter categories, yeah. I, don't, I don't really care about best foreign short or no. whatever, you know, but <laughs> don't think that's a category, well, but it's close. <laughs> whatever. I get your I get your spirits. Yeah, let's just roll down the nominees. We'll make our picks and move from there. So I will introduce the topic. I'll run through the nominees, then I'll let you roll. And uh, here's the here's the fun twist. I haven't actually picked my ballot at all. And there is a uh, an Oscar party I go to every single year where we all put in. I don't even think we put money in. I think we just put our picks in and we all sit and compete and uh i gotta say i compete every year she keeps aging but when this started she was like 11 years old and this 11 year old relentlessly trash talks me the whole time so it's important for me to be i like this. this kid she's now 14 she's a girl after my own heart uh so I and i should that. mention that many many years ago in another life when i worked at the newspaper i was actually the movie man and i would do an oscar pool every year where i'd compete with the readers 
I'm not going to worry about how long this episode is. I, I would like to sidetrack a little bit on your career as the movie man at the, the paper. Movie man. Okay. How long did that last? Um, let's see. Well, it actually, it, what being the movie man entailed because I was I was the movie columnist for the paper, but I was also a copy editor, graphic designer, assistant editor during that time. But I wrote a weekly column reviewing first video tapes and then shuffling into DVDs and Blu-rays and some movies and stuff. But I started, I want to say back in 94, maybe okay. back when it was all tapes. And um, after a while, when we would do the, when the Oscars would roll around, we would do a big campaign every year to try and get some readership. And um, our graphic arts department led by Chris Sopridge and Margo Morgan. And um, eventually Billy Kolba. I don't think we ever let you work on important projects like the movie, man. <laughs> I, I filmed, I only filmed the video portions of it. Right. For you. The actual prints, the stuff that lasts, we kept in the hands of Margot and Chris. <laughs> I'm going to pretend like I'm not offended, but. But anyway, I'm just kidding. But what they would do is they would make me up and Photoshop me to be something, whatever that year's movie was. One year I looked like Borat, one year I looked like the Heath Ledger Joker, one year I looked like uh, Sweeney Todd. The one Sweeney year, Todd one is great. That was a good one. One year I looked like Avatar. One year I was like uh, Zuckerberg from The Social Network. Uh, a quick bit of trivia for you. Sweeney Todd, first ever date with me and my wife. Really? Yeah. And what did she think of it? We did not mean to see that movie. We wanted to see some other romantic whatever that it's I was like. It's a very romantic movie. <laughs> and it wasn't there. So she kind of looked at it, the, the, you know, the board, the big board with all the movies and said, eh. Johnny Depp's in it. It can't be that bad. I like Sweeney Todd. It's very... I hate blood. <laughs> there was a lot of blood. It's a movie about a mad butcher who I, makes people into meat pies. I didn't I didn't know that. See, this, no this is where you need to investigate pop culture just a little bit before you jump in. Well, but anyway, that was the movie man era. It was a fun era, but, you know, it's over now. Okay, so the Oscar nominees... Uh, we'll start with best picture, and I'm just going to run through them, and then I just give me some insight and yeah. tell me what your best picture is. Okay, uh, we got Ford versus Ferrari, mm -hmm. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, <laughs> <laughs> Little Women, Marriage Story. That surprises me. That's a Netflix only movie, right? So is The Irishman, right? Oh, that's well, but The Irishman was in theaters for a bit. So I think Marriage Story was too slightly. Got it. 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Right. Um, and this is we're naming what we think will win. Yeah, maybe I'd love just your general insight right. and then give me your what you think is going to My work. favorite movie out of that bunch was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I loved. Um, I also like The Irishman. I like Jojo Rabbit a lot. I like Little Women. I haven't seen Ford vs. Ferrari, Marriage Story, or 1917, or Parasite. I'm dying to see Parasite because I hear that's amazing. Uh, the Joker is the worst movie I've seen in years, but we've discussed that. <laughs> I like Jojo Rabbit a lot, but I think... I think 1917 is going to win. I think 1917 is going to win. Too. It's a it's a big war movie. It's it's like a technical kind of trick, you know. They make it look like vaguely like it's all one shot. It's a British director. Hollywood loves war and big, <laughs> you know. And it's like a you know the guys saving the day kind of movie. So I it, think it, Hollywood's going to go for it. It feels like Quentin is not going to get this round. He'll get it when it does his last movie. He said he's doing nine, right? But will he get? I mean, I think he will. It, I I. I agree Quentin's not going to get it, but it's a shame because this movie is such a love letter to Hollywood. Right. It, if any, if they do pick anything, they do love themselves, by the way. That that could be oh the my dark God. first candidate. And, and that will come in later in some of the other nominees. Hey, a quick aside. I actually was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last night, and I watched the Bruce Lee scene again where Brad Pitt- Cliff the stuntman. Cliff fights stuntman Bruce Cliff. Lee. Right. And I heard all those analysis about how that scene is obviously completely in his head, completely fake. 
And I, I was, I didn't understand how you could be so concrete about it. But the one thing that happens that really got me is once he chucks Bruce Lee into the car, the camera turns back around and the set is empty. It's just Bruce Lee and Cliff. And then the boss lady comes, the Australian lady comes and screams at him. Um, Kurt Russell's wife. Right. Um, Zoe it's, Bell. And it's a completely empty set. There's no, there's no friends around. Bruce Lee says, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends or whatever. Maybe. I mean, I, it's, it's pretty clear that this is in his head. I'm always least. skeptical of anything that comes out of, you know, Bill Simmons' mouth, <laughs> but possibly I'm willing to look into it <laughs> fair enough it's worth it's worth the rewatch but i, I think you're right 1917 is probably the pick um give me like the dark horse just it might win and it, it wouldn't surprise you uh i'd say of all of these the one that might sneak in although it would still surprise me i think i hear a lot about jojo rabbit really i do i hear a lot about it i i don't think it's gonna win but i think if anything was gonna upset people like parasite too but that's gonna win best foreign film so i i think the dark horse is joker because it made so much money and was such a talker. I'm not saying it should. You no, know, I know. These are not, yeah. But people, if Joker wins, would you be like gobsmacked? I, I would be stunned. Really? Okay. I maybe would. I'm off here. I would be I would be surprised. Uh, I, I think the thing I've been reading a little bit of buzz for, and we'll go faster on some of these other categories. I've heard Ford versus Ferrari is like a real solid good movie. I, that's what I hear. I hear it's, you know, you got your Matt Damon, you got your uh, Christian Bale. I hear, I, yeah, I hear it's, I've, and I've. You know, I follow people on Twitter who like work in the industry. Yeah. Um, one guy I've done some podcasts with actually, he is a storyboard artist in Hollywood and he, so he sees everything. Yeah. And he's seen it. He says it's just such a satisfying like movie experience. It feels like if it won Best Picture though, people it, would shrug or be like, really? It's like, not going to, I don't think it's got a I agree, chance I agree. of Best Picture. But you know, here's the thing. And this is the last thing I'll say about sort of my general Oscar philosophy is Rarely does the best 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 movie of the year win best picture. Right. And a lot of times it's the other ones that are more fondly remembered, you know. Right, right. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Best actor in a leading role. Um Antonio Banderas. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want me to read the movies too? Yeah, we should. Yeah, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Pain and Glory. Uh Leo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, or Jonathan Price for the two popes. I think it's it's gonna be Phoenix. It's got to be. Phoenix, it's going right? to be. It's going to be. I mean, because oh, I love it. I love how mad you're going to be. No, I mean, I his performance, which I still wasn't wild about, was the least. That's what I hated the least about the least the offensive movie. part of yeah, the movie. Yeah, and you. I mean, you know, Hollywood when they when they reward a performance, they want to reward a performance they can see. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't yeah. want like some subtle little performance. They want crazy physical stuff and and accents and just. You know, I agree. I think Joaquin Phoenix is a shoe in for this. It is a big, flashy role. Um, he's has he ever won an Oscar before? I know he was nominated no. for like Walk the Line. He's been nominated a couple times. He was nominated for Walk the Line. He was nominated for The Master. Oh, he lost to Abraham Lincoln that year. Yes. I know that. And he lost to Truman Capote the year before, I believe. Ugh. You know, the funny thing about him winning, which I think you and I, I think this is the maybe one of the most obvious picks. Um, he will become the second actor to win an Academy Award for playing the Joker. Ooh, after Jack Nicholson. No. I know. After Heath Ledger, <laughs> yeah, sure. who was awarded posthumously. But I'll be pissed off if Joaquin Phoenix dies after this. <laughs> no, nobody wants. Well, for him to equal Heath Ledger, he would have to die tonight, essentially, because Heath Ledger was dead by the Oscars. No, we don't want anything bad to happen to Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Jesus, I'm editing all this out. <laughs> who is your... Uh... Oh, hey, wait. What's the... Who's the guy who played Lincoln? I can't... I said Lincoln because I can't think of his name. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. I have literally never seen him act. 
I, he's incredible. He's he's arguably the best actor of his generation. I, I would love to see something he's in. I don't. I can't even tell you. You should blood, watch Blood Something. There will be blood. There will be blood. Yeah. We should watch There Will Be Blood. I've it's, never I've never heard of There Will Be Blood until we started doing this podcast. It's epic and it's, but it's like a movie with five characters essentially. Sure. It's very interesting. I okay. Who's the dark horse um, between Leo, Out Adam Driver, yeah. Jonathan Price, and Banderas? Maybe. Adam Driver? I mean, everyone says he's great in Marriage Story. I haven't seen it yet. And I Adam Driver's like an actor on the rise. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's he's good. Even as Kylo, he's good. I think Banderas is actually the dark horse. You think? I think they want to reward somebody who's sort of old Hollywood. I mean, he's been around a long time. He's really more old Spain than old Hollywood. Well, but you know what I mean? Like he's, I, that's a yeah. poor phrasing, but you know what I'm saying, right? I like know. He's, he's been in so much stuff and it's, people like to reward that. But it, Joaquin's going to get it. Well, and Leo just won, so I don't think he'll yeah, get it. Yeah, it's not going to be him, right. I don't think. Although he's very good in Once Upon a Time. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's he's the best part of it, really. Well, we'll get to that in a second. All right. All right. <laughs> um, actress in a supporting role. No, leading role. Oh, right. it is it is leading. I leading apologize. Role, right. All right. Uh, Cynthia Arrivo? Arrivo, I think. For Harriet. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Um, Cersei? Sir, is it Cersei or Cersei? It's Cersei. It's Cer- Irish. Irish. Cersei Ronan. Cersei Ronan. For Little Women. <laughs> Cersei Ronan. Cersei Ronan. Charlie Theron for Bombshell and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Uh, I think this one is... Pretty assured that it's going to go to Renee Zellweger, who plays Judy Garland. Um, like you said, Hollywood loves Hollywood. Like I said, Hollywood loves a performance they can really see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's doing an imitation of a beloved Hollywood actress and singer. She sings in it. Um, Hollywood oh. loves the story of Judy Garland, um, partly because maybe they feel by giving the movie an award, they can... You know, Hollywood treated Julie Garland like garbage for decades, yeah. you know, got her hooked on speed when she was 16 and all. I mean, it was not a pretty story, but they love, you know, Judy Garland is old Hollywood in yeah. a lot of ways. So and Renee Zellweger, you know, she was in Jerry Maguire. What was it? 25 years ago or something. I mean, it was a long time ago. And, uh, you know, it's almost like her comeback, too. Sure. Uh, she did have like a, there was like a weird plastic surgery story. Yeah. I mean, and then, and I, you know, who knows? I mean, there's, you know, Hollywood actresses, they are trapped in, you know, there's no way they can win. If they right. age normally, they're going to get criticized. If they try to get replaced. Yeah. Or it's, it's impossible. So, and she's a very, you know, I haven't seen the movie, but I know Renee Zellweger is a, she's a damn talented actress. So. I know you're a huge Bridget Jones's diary fan. I've, you know what? This is this is going to cost me a lot of guy club points, but way back when in the 90s when I was in a book club, I read Bridget Jones' <laughs> Diary. I read the book Bridget Jones's Diary. I'm really happy about that. Mm-hmm. I think Scarlett Johansson's The Dark Horse. Um, I've heard a lot, a lot of buzz about giving her something because I don't think she's gotten any major awards play. No. She's, but she's always good in everything. She's always, and she's young. And plus, she's like one of the richest performers in the planet. Oh, I didn't know that. With, you know, Avengers and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. You know, one thing I will say is uh, this uh, Cynthia Erivo, who played Harriet Tubman in Harriet. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen that movie. A lot of people were kind of surprised that, because the movie didn't do a whole lot of business. But I will say this. We've been watching The Outsider on HBO, the Stephen King thing. Yeah. And she is in it. She is incredible. She's playing this, like, detective who has some issues. Yeah. She's riveting to watch okay so based on that she's a hell of an actress i just i've never heard of that person i wish i had more to throw in yeah she's good 
I know who Harriet Tubman is. That's right. Super, <laughs> as we said, we were talking about this this morning at home, and we said Harriet Tubman was a superhero. Yeah. I mean, she literally was. Actor in a supporting role. Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. Both Popes are nominated, you know that? <laughs> Al Pacino for The Irishman. Boo. Sorry, Al. Joe Pesci for The Irishman. And Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time. No boo for Pesci? Pesci was really good. Pesci. I thought Pacino was fine. I mean, Meh. but Pesci was great. But- this one's going to pit. I think it's definitely. Going I mean, to pit. because like you said, he is. You know, it's hard, it's weird to think of Brad Pitt is old, but he's old Hollywood. He's been acting for almost thirty years now. I, I think I said this a couple episodes ago, but like the fact that he looks the way he does oh at my your God. age is shocking. It makes all. He's a few years older than me, even. Yeah, and it's like, and plus, you know, I mean, he's been through all kinds. You know, Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston. That people love Brad Pitt. He seems to be a good guy. He seems to be kind of a, a down to earth guy i think he's from missouri he's from missouri. i think he's so, from the ozarks yeah he's yeah. uh you know just a regular guy he's great in this movie i mean everyone who saw this movie said like brad pitt's amazing yeah and it's and you know we talk i we said about how hollywood likes actors who you know acting performances yeah. his is so laid back though it's so casual he almost doesn't seem to be acting and that of course is like really good acting sure so uh, how about tom hanks as the dark horse i don't know i don't think he's i mean i heard the movie's good but I don't think any, I mean, and this is not against Tom Hanks. I don't think anyone has a desire to reward Tom Hanks. He's got tons. He's Tom Hanks. I know. But that's kind of why I think it wouldn't be weird if he won because he gets on stage and everybody goes, well, what are you going to do? Argue that Tom Hanks doesn't deserve it? Like Tom, It's Tom Hanks. No, I think it's, uh, the other I'm going to argue is Joe Pesci just because he hasn't done anything for so long. And he's, everyone says like he's amazing in it. Yeah. But he's got an Oscar. He won yeah. for playing Tommy in uh, Goodfellas way back Did when. he get something for uh Gone fishing with Danny. That's not the one I was thinking of. I'm sorry. The, he played a weird lawyer with Marissa Tomei. No, but she did. Oh, and my cousin, Vinny. my cousin Vinny. She won it. And uh, a lot of people said it was like, no, you know, Jack Pounce read the wrong name. She didn't really deserve the Oscar. The thing is, maybe Hollywood for once realized, hey, comedic performances are hard to deliver, yeah. and they gave her a well-deserved Oscar. I saw that movie at a drive-in. There you go. I was. I, could, I had to been like eight or something. Marissa Tomei. She's had a hell of a career. Yeah, she rules. I like her a lot. She's great. Actress in a supporting role. Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Uh, what's her name in the Star Wars movie? I, the purple-haired. Yeah. <laughs> She's been in so many better Jurassic things in Star Wars. Blue Velvet. I haven't seen that. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. Interesting. Uh, yeah, two. She's up for two. Florence Pugh? Pugh. Pugh for Little Women and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, um, is it Robbie? Sorry, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. My bad. Who is also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The lesson here is that I can't pronounce women's names. That's right. I'm surprised you got through Johansson. My wife's name is Stephanie. It's just super easy to say. That's right. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, Well, you got Kathy Bates' name right. Yeah. yeah. My mom's name was Kathy. Oh, there you go. Um, It's going to be Laura Dern. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. She's apparently... Not only is she good in it, I haven't seen Marriage Story, but apparently she has this one scene and Hollywood loves when you have like one scene, like yeah. this is her scene kind of a thing. Well, you and you can win that in the supporting role, like all sorts yeah. of actors like Hopkins, right? One for like 10 minutes of screen time yeah. or whatever. I mean, the interesting thing about supporting is you usually get the weirder wins in nomination, like yeah. Marissa Tomei. I mean, a comedy performance. I mean, full, I've seen, I saw Jojo Rabbit, Scarlet's She's really good in it. I mean, it's. I don't know if that's an Oscar-winning performance. Um, I saw. I will say this: I saw Little Women in Florence Pugh. She's excellent in it. I mean, you haven't seen it; you probably won't. But no. she has a tough role, 
and she's great in it. And she had a hell of a year. She was also in Midsummer, which was like this amazing horror movie. That yeah, came out you keep year. talking about it. It's funny. I, I, I feel Midsummer. bad because we do repeat ourselves a lot in I these know. episodes. But it's you know we've been doing this show again for yeah. half a year. And but Laura Dern, let, she, real quick, um, she's been acting since she was a teenager. She was in like Mask in the early '80s. She was in Blue Velvet. She's done you know Jurassic Park. So she's done blockbusters like La- yeah, or, yeah. Uh, Last Jedi and that. Um, her parents are both Hollywood. Her mom is Diane Ladd and her dad is Bruce Stern. So she's like of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, Everyone it's, loves her. She's, she's never won anything. She's never won an Oscar, no. Yeah, okay. I'm sold. Uh, animated feature film. Uh, this one I'm kind of mystified on, but let's go through it. Well, just pick the Pixar movie and it will be fine. I hope not because Toy Story 4, I mean, it wasn't bad by any means. Did you see it, Toy Story 4? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it lo- I, I'll say this. It looked amazing. It's I mean, the best looking animated movie I've ever it seen. It is, but it's not the. It's not as good a movie as Toy Story 3, for instance. Yeah. Or I would even argue Toy Story 1, maybe, just because... I mean, it was fine. Let's name the categories. Or yeah. the, the movie, the, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body. <laughs> sorry. I don't know what that is, but Klaus, I like the look of it. Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Klaus is a Netflix one, which I hear good things about. I mean, I... I like the first How to Train My Dragon. I haven't watched any of the sequels. It's, it, that, that last one we, we watched, it's fine. My kids my kids don't love it. Therefore, I don't think it's going to win the Oscar. You know, the it could be Toy Story 4 just maybe because this will be the last and because it is Pixar. But I hear maybe Missing Link because it's, um, it's from Leica Studios and it's actually like a stop motion movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw a couple of theirs and they are visually amazing. It'd be nice to see something like that win because it's yeah. different. Did uh did Spider-Man Multiverse, did that one? Or the I think that one, yeah. I, that, I take what I said, Toy Story 4 is the most beautiful animated movie I ever saw. It's the second most. Well, and the thing about that is, and this is, I sounds like I'm bashing Toy Story 4. I liked it fine, but Spider-Man was beautiful in a way I'd never seen a yeah. movie be beautiful. Toy Story 4 is beautiful, but it, it's like I would expect it to be. I watched a documentary on that Spider-Man movie, and they they did a thing where they said there's no motion blur in comics. Um, so, like, when when animation happens, they a lot of times you can do these things. They're called spans, where you start the beginning, you start the end, and then you blur the in-between. Yeah. Like, every single thing is in focus. Every bit of animation, they did it frame by frame. Yeah. It's like... It's pretty rad. I it's. Think. I mean, yeah. The, I've seen similar documentaries, and just watching the thought they put into. I mean, uh, that movie. It amazes me. It didn't take five hundred years to make. I, it might have. Yeah. You know what amazes me is the person who produced it is that horrible woman whose emails were leaked at Sony and who just seems just like a bastard. Yeah. Well, the president of Sony. It's um Pascal. Amy Pascal. Amy, and it's like Pascal Pictures. The logo yeah. came up, and I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. I don't want to break your heart on this, but virtually every movie has some bastard person. And I'm, I don't know Amy Pascal. I don't want to be sued for anything. But if you dig too deep into the people who made the movies you love, I guarantee you will not be happy. Well, sure. So. I mean, yeah. That's I feel you know so. uh, all those Quentin movies were produced by certain Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's do a couple more. I, okay. I don't really care about like costume design. Although we let's rush through these. I don't want to let's cinematography. Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, 1917, or Once Upon a Time. It's gonna Hollywood. be 1917. I think it's gonna be that too. Yeah. That one take thing is Joker wasn't that pretty. Irishman's nice, it's fine, but it's fine. It could, it's, light, gonna, it's gonna be one. Lighthouse is pretty interesting. I want it. I can't wait to see that. It's all black and white too. Costume but. design. Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <sighs> 
you know, Hollywood loves stuff like Little Women, all period design. But God, I'd love it to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's gonna be Once Upon a Time. It'd be nice. Um, you got you got a reward. I mean, because there's no. And set. I've I've heard like interviews with every person behind the scenes on it. This Aaron Phillips who did the costuming. I mean, the level of detail they went to was just shocking. Yeah. I mean, they they actually visited Sharon Tate's like estate and talked to her sister and yeah. have they dressed Margot Robbie in Sharon Tate's clothes. Well, they had a chance to use the actual car that Tex Watson and they didn't want to because they felt that was crossing a moral line but they did take pictures of it and then recreate the car exactly and who's gonna know I mean they went to insane levels we talked about that last episode but yeah it just seems to me like once upon a time in Hollywood's gonna win that category but with Little Women as the the dark horse directing Irishman Joker 1917 once upon a time in Hollywood or Parasite it's gonna be uh, Sam Mendes for 1917 I agree because especially because that movie Sometimes there's a split between picture and director. That movie feels like very much a director's movie, not an actor's movie or okay. writer's movie. You know I heard I mean? somebody say, it's a shame Sam Mendes is going to win all this stuff because, you know, Christopher Nolan just made this movie two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> somebody said it was called Ready Player. It should be called Ready Player World War One. <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah. I can't take credit for it, but somebody said that. Uh, documentary. Did you got any opinions? On um, any of those? I hear... Honeyland coming up a lot, so let's I'd say Honeyland. Never heard of any of. By those the way, things. I just realized what we're doing. What you're having me fill out your Oscar ballot for tomorrow night. <laughs> That's I said that at the top of the show. That's what we're doing, and you're I just, just want in my brain. <laughs> but I'm I'm disagreeing with you on some things. You're taking notes over there. I I'm busy. I'm busy running the show, my friend. I can't. <laughs> uh, documentary short subject. I don't care about. How about editing? Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, you know, Parasite or Joker. It's interesting that there was no, that uh, 1917 is there because, you know, it's one take, although it's not really one take, right. obviously. <laughs> you can't you can't edit it because there was nothing to edit. That's right. It was that's, just one long take. When That's what, when Hitchcock made Rope, which was, it was even less of like special effectsy one take. You know, they just, they'd go behind a character and black out the screen. People said like, yeah, editing, what, it'd take five minutes to edit that movie? <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say Ford versus Ferrari because a lot of times movies like with a lot of action and racing footage, people say that needed edited or that, you know, an editor had to work on that. Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right. I don't really have a good sense. Uh, sorry, I scrolled down too far. <laughs> I don't I don't really have a good sense. I was thinking maybe the Irishman because there's so many time jumps and but I don't know. I think things have turned against the Irishman, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is again this is not what we like this is what we're predicting Hollywood i agree yeah we're just for. trying to what do you think's gonna yeah. happen how do i win my pool how do i beat that 14 year old girl that's exactly. what this is all about it's a good goal in life billy let me do two more for you um because we, we think production design is probably once upon a time in hollywood it'd be nice yeah i mean that one where they actually tore down they blocked off whole streets rebuilt them per 1969 let's do original screenplay and adapted screenplay original being knives out marriage story 1917 once upon a time and parasite um, I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say Parasite. Really? I think I think people love Parasite. Parasite to hear a lot of buzz. It's not gonna win best picture. It's not gonna win best director, but maybe screenplay. I think Marriage Story. It's possible. That would be my other pick. Okay. 1917. I don't think it's a writer's kind of movie. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And then adapted screenplay: Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, or The Two Popes. I think Jojo Rabbit. That's one it's gonna take. Because hmm. I think, I, and I think Jojo Rabbit's going to get something, and I think that might be it. Do you remember when 
Paul Giamatti won a bunch of awards for the John Adams like mini series or whatever. It's great, by the way. I I mean I had never heard of it until that evening when I was watching the Oscars. Going, what? Why did it got nominated for so much stuff? It didn't get nominated for any Oscars or for I'm it must have been Golden Globes or something. Yeah, maybe. But but the night it happened, I was just like, what right. is this? I gotta say, I, the Two Popes kind of feels like that to me, like a movie that I just hadn't heard much about. But I bet I feel like that's the adapted screenplay. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen it, and I got to be honest. I don't care to watch I don't anything care. about any popes. I don't care about your religion. That's right. The Catholic Church. After, the Catholic Church had Spotlight made about it a couple years ago. There's your movie. <laughs> I will say, can I make one more pick? Yeah. If you do not pick Parasite for best foreign film, <laughs> you are living under a rock. Well, it's There not- has never been more of a lock than that movie winning best international features, they call it now. That's a good idea. I wonder if there's a gambling site I could sign up for. Yeah, you're probably going to have to pay negative odds to get it. That's fine. I'll, you still win, though. But I don't think... Don't you have to... You, the way it works is if it's like, let's say it's minus 500, which yeah. is just a... That means you bet $500 to win $100. Yes. That seems reasonable. It's a lock. No, bet it. I, I could have want to, but I don't... I don't... You know, we live in Illinois where gambling is still not quite... Uh, but pot's yeah. legal. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this week's featured film? Let's do it. This week's featured movie, 2011's Contagion. Government officials are reporting the closing of Mondale Elementary School in suburban Minneapolis in response to the recent outbreak of a still unknown disease that has so far taken the life of a school nurse and three students. Other schools in District 281 will remain open, but parents have been notified to keep home any children with symptoms. The Minnesota Department of Health is awaiting confirmation, but sources say these new cases may be connected to the sudden death of a 34-year-old AIMM Alderson executive and her six-year-old son this holiday weekend. Hello, I'm Dr. Mears. I'm an Epidemic Intelligence Service officer, and I'm here from Atlanta to find out what happened to Beth Emhoff. Contagion, uh, released in 2011, directed by Steven Soderbergh, who I think is one of the more interesting directors working in the last several decades, really, because he does everything. Um, this movie, like you said, we we called it Audible and, and showed it because it is all about a global pandemic that starts in China and spreads across the world and has the, everyone panicking. And it's about, you know, what do the average people do about it? What do the government do about it? What do weird bloggery YouTuber types do about it? That The one really dated aspect. But otherwise, it seems like it not only could be taking place now, it seems like we're kind of in the opening scenes of it taking place now. Right. It's this, uh, the movie opens up with no credits. No. It just says day two. Day two, which is a brilliant start because you know it's already too late. I know. I know for a fact that I've told this story on one of our old episodes before, but the first time I got this movie was on a DVD. I torrented the file and I burned it to a DVD and I put it in my DVD player and it starts off with no credits and it just says day two. And I thought, ah, corrupted file. Ha. And I did. I, I know. And you did this. You. That's exactly what happened the last time we talked about this. Um, it. it I c- couldn't agree more. Brilliant, brilliant opening. Great way. I, I, it, what's great about the opening is that it absolutely makes the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we'll get to. Yes, Beth. Beth, Beth. Can you hear me? My name's Dr. Arrington. You're in the I wasn't hospital. Feeling well, and then this morning. You had a seizure this morning, Beth. Have right. you had something like that she before? She had a history of seizures. No, no, no. Allergies, no. other ne- medical problems. Uh, uh, she's. She, I think she's she allergic to penicillin. No, 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 no. She came back from a trip, and she. she what about was, drugs? Uh, MDMA, ecstasy? No, no, we don't do that. Okay, let's Jesus. get some help. Beth, oh. Beth. Sir, okay. you have to go. 
Let's get a line in her and give me two milligrams of adamant, please. A woman played by Gwyneth Paltrow is returning from a uh, Hong Kong business trip and she's in Chicago and she uh, decides to have a little... A little fling. A, a little fling with a businessman before returning to Minneapolis where her loyal husband, Matt Damon, lives with her son and their daughter. Their daughter, right. I think. I it's, think so. It's He's the stepson, which is why he doesn't love him that much when he dies. Exactly. Plus, the kid was kind of annoying. And, uh, <laughs> and so, but anyway... She comes home and she's kind of, you know, we see, you know, she had a great time in Hong Kong. She's at casinos and stuff and and uh, she's not feeling well. And they they take her to the hospital and she dies. Like, essentially, she's choking, da-da-da-da. They close the curtain around her in the emergency room. And the doctor comes out seemingly minutes later. And we don't said, know. We don't know. To be fair, we don't know how long that took. But it's passed. very quick. It seems like that day. Yeah. Oh, I think it's that day. It I think it's it's really the, quick. The kid also, they show us earlier, um, the kid got, he had to go pick up the kid from school. Right. Yeah. The nurse is like, I don't know. He just doesn't feel good. And he's like, yeah, dad, whatever. Yeah. And he goes and lays down and then toast. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. Well, well no, it's the, he, he's, because he, the wife dies. Gwyneth dies. Yeah. And they're like, your wife, she's dead. And he's like, what? 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 And then he gets a call and he calls, call 911 right away, right away. And he gets home and the kid is dead. But he had to pull the kid from school earlier. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. all I was saying. Okay, okay. Was like, yeah. So anyway, so that's where it sort of all starts. And then, um, the it, you know, I don't want to- This is an impossible stop. movie to try to right. plot. But, but basically, you know, the disease spreads. Quickly. And you see other people affected in that you see- um, uh, um, Lawrence Fishburne. Larry. He's the head of the CDC- in Atlanta, so he's in charge of everything, which is kind of cool because you see like the big government response, but then you also see how they start to contract these little labs, how, right? How all these different people involved and associated with the CDC kind of go to work, right? Right, because he has uh, Kate Winslet plays a doctor who she's going to investigate, like the people who are sick, and they get a call. They they finally they track down the the businessman that Gwyneth Paltrow was stooping, yeah, and he's on a bus. And he's not feeling well. And it's like they they call him like, you need to get off that bus now. Yeah. We're coming for you now, now, now. And it's like, it's, you know, I mean, God only knows, especially now, if the government could get its act together like that. But I love movies where there's like a disaster and you just see everyone move with such efficiency. The first the first American died yesterday from from uh, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So this is day two. We're that's here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not making light of the coronavirus. Right. It's. I mean, that's, and to be fair, you know, a hundred times more people, whatever, a thousand times more people die from the flu every year. Right, exactly. So far. Although, so get your shots, people. Yeah, I didn't God do that. Sakes. And then I got crushed. You didn't get your shot. Remember, I told you this, and then I was crushed for like yeah. 15 days. You're going to get your shot next year? Yes. Yeah, thank you. I'll get it right now if I could preemptively do it. It's horrible. You can go to Walmart. and I'm not going. Not Walmart. I'm never, ever going to Walmart. Walgreens. All right. <laughs> I got the wrong second <laughs> syllable in the wall word. But um, so then, uh, and then, and then you have the scientists who are working on like, they're trying to, they need a sample of the disease and they're saying like, it's not H1N1, it's not swine flu, it's not this, it's not that. So, you know, you have people trying to minimize the disease, you have people trying to figure out exactly what it is. I mean, they're far from a vaccine. Where it started, yeah. who patient zero who is. Who patient zero is. And then, so you have people going through, because she was at a casino. So you get flashbacks to, to Gwyneth Paltrow in the casino. And then you see, oh, this is what they're watching on the the. You know, casinos have cameras. We're watching this. So they're like, games. oh, here's a point of contact. Here's a point of contact. Because you see the waiter who picked up her glass, like he dies. They all die. Yeah. In China. Yeah. Everyone's dying. And they're, 
there, you know, you see that great graphic of the globe and it's the little spots of red get bigger and yeah, bigger. It's like a video bigger. game. Um, yeah. I think two, two quick interjections. Uh, what you're describing sounds like chaos. Like it's, it's messy listening to you try to describe yes, the plot. It's because, a very, cause it's a very segmented movie. It's just, this movie, as we were talking about Oscars earlier this episode, this movie certainly didn't get any nominations, no, right? I don't think so. But it ought to have got something for editing because it's shocking how it's cohesive. You well, understand exactly what's happening the I whole agree. time you watch. And it's the thing is, it's not, and you're right, the editing is, it's great because it, it's, it is cohesive. Like, unlike me trying to describe it, when you watch it, you know what's happening. Right. You know all the characters. And that's also part of the screenplay. It's a, just a way. You know, I was watching this and I was thinking, 2011, what were some of the big movies that year? You had like The Help and you had Girl with Dragon Tattoo and The Descendants. And But this movie, it's just such a well-made movie with a huge cast. I mean, we haven't even gotten into the cast yet except for a couple people. But this is a deep bench in this movie. I think you have to cast. Well, I, I want to get to my the other point I wanted to make briefly is, you know, the show um, Comedians in Cars Getting, getting coffee? coffee? Sure. They use just like coffee porn, like tight shots of like yes, the little very, swirls. Coffee porn is a perfect way to describe it. As as almost like transition stuff. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the, yeah when they edit, they throw This that movie in. does that with touch points. Yeah. With hands touching poles or on an escalator railing. And the first time I watched it, I, you know, I just didn't think much of it. But the 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 way this movie opens with, I think, I think it's Gwyneth Paltrow returning from the airport. So they don't actually show her face. They just show her hand touch the rail. They show... You know, uh, her bump into somebody on a tram. They they show all these tight shots yeah. of all the physical contact, and it's disgusting to yeah. watch the second time. You're like, <gasps> you're and, all gonna die. <laughs> and Kay Winslet is the scientist, and she's like, yeah, you touch your face like three thousand times a day, and she's like, sort of laying it all out, like this is what we're dealing with here, right? And you know, and and she's talks. I forget what it's called the R ought or something. The R not the R not where it's like how many. And that's not R not A R. It's no the it's letter a- R and then the symbol not. But it's like how many, like if. If you if, if you're sick, how many people will get sick from you? What we need to determine is this. For every person who gets sick, how many other people are they likely to infect? So for seasonal flu, that's usually about one. Smallpox, on the other hand, it's over three. Now, before we had a vaccine, polio spread at a rate between four and six. Now we call that number the R naught. R stands for the reproductive rate of the virus. Any ideas what that might be for this? How fast it multiplies depends on a variety of factors. The incubation period, how long a person is contagious. Sometimes people can be contagious without even having symptoms. We need to know that too. And we need to know how big the population of people susceptible to the virus might be. So far, that appears to be everyone with hands, a mouth, and a nose. Once we know the r naught, we'll be able to get a handle on the scale of the epidemic. Vox.com has a great piece on this related to the coronavirus. Um, the coronavirus doesn't seem to be that high right now relative. I mean, I think like, uh, I might have this wrong, but I think the flu is like three yeah. So you get the flu, you're going to spread it to three people. It might even be two. I, f- I forget now. Well, that would work because Allie gave it to me and Amy. So. But like, thanks, Allie. Ebola is like 18. Yeah. It's like just a shocking high number. You know, one thing I was thinking about this movie is the disease, The and it's a fake disease, but it's like, it could be much worse because as a rule, the most dangerous diseases are the ones that are contagious long before any symptoms are shown. Right. These people have symptoms like 
right away. Right, right. So, but um, I what you know, and and I like how, you know, they have these heroes like they have Kate Winslet and she's doing all this stuff, and then all of a sudden she wakes up and she's sick, and you're like, Fuck. ah, damn it. And then essentially, almost the next scene, you see her like body being thrown into a mass grave. It's like the, it, this. What I like about this movie a lot is it is not a sentimental movie. No, I mean it is. Other and it's than not the little boy dying. <laughs> But who cares about that stupid kid? Me! I care deeply! I know. We've established Billy can't watch a movie with a kid stubbing his toe because he that will have a giant... <laughs> not totally true, but I don't like to see that either. I got some movies we're going to watch. But anyway, <laughs> but what I'm saying is a lesser movie, this would be like they would milk everything like that just as much as they could. And this one, it's not that it doesn't care about humanity. It doesn't care about the characters, but it just keeps moving, 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 moving. It's, it's such an efficient movie. Um, uh, let's let's talk about the characters in a minute, but um, I want to correct you on one thing. Kate Winslet, the last thing she does, she actually gives her blanket to somebody else who's sick in bed next to her, and then she dies. Who's already sick. Right. I mean, it's right. not like she's she's very... Like, when she realizes she's sick, she calls, like, the front desk of the hotel and says, you got to give me the names of everyone who's been in this room. She keeps trying to work. Um, yeah. But she she makes a point to, like, complain about the temperature. And then eventually she sees a guy next to her who's, like, shivering. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm going to die. So he can have the blanket. I just thought it's it's heroic. Even in death, it's like it a is. little. Mini- and it's just little things. Like, yeah. Um, well, I'll get the one that comes close to the end of the movie, but I mean, what do you want? You, I want to talk about characters. Let's let's try to compartmentalize. So we just rambled for ten minutes about this movie. Let's compartmentalize this. Tell me about Matt Damon. He's the the cuckolded husband. <laughs> he's he's fair to say he's like he's the sort of regular guy at the center of it. Yeah, and he's immune, so he doesn't. You know, he doesn't get sick, so you can kind of... he Through his eyes, we watch the world kind of collapse around him. We watch he, society collapse, yeah, yeah. He and his daughter. Hey, That's one thing worth pointing out, um, there's there's a bunch of times throughout this movie where they tell you, like, more people than not don't die... Of course. ...from the disease, but they only show you that once you get it, you're dead. Yeah. But there's, I think it's like one in four die from it or something. Right, but that still... I mean, that's how all diseases sure. work. But, I mean, that's a huge number. Yeah. You know, like when he says the because Lawrence Fisherman's talking and he says the Spanish influenza in World War One killed one percent of the population, which that's one out of every hundred people. Yeah. However, that's a shit ton of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mostly the bad people. You know what was it? The yeah, no, mostly the poor people. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I take it. My, that was a poor taste joke. <laughs> All right, tell me. So Matt Damon is our uh, our everyman. He's kind of our everyman. He's mostly concerned about him and his daughter. Um, and we don't know if she's immune or not. He says like, well, she's got my blood, but they're like, well, she's got Gwen Paltrow's blood too. So who knows? It's hilarious when the daughter, so he's, he's in quarantine at the beginning of the movie. Once they realize something serious is happening and Gwyneth Paltrow's dead, they're like, by the way, we get to see Gwyneth Paltrow's like face and brain taken out. Yeah, it's great. We'll post the photo. Uh, on. But they decide you're in quarantine, buddy. Like, right. Which is exactly what they would do. Um, after his kid died too. So the daughter comes and she's like talking to him through the glass on a phone. Mm hmm. And she's like, I should have been here. I should have been here. And Matt Damon's response is, no. I mean, what if this had taken you? Oh, my God. Like, there's this this tone of like, you're clearly more important than Gwyneth Paltrow and my other well, son. I mean, I think it's partly that, but it's also partly like, does he want to lose everybody? Yeah. Um, eh, she didn't see that. He great. was more important than that stupid kid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yeah, that's basically it, though. Like, he helps his daughter navigate. And then he also, um, collapsing because society. she, like, you know, she's, her boyfriend, she and her boyfriend, like, because 
they all they have is each other they're like and 15 yeah something. they're just young and they're not like trying to have sex or something but they just want to you know they want to be together and he's like nope nope <laughs> nope and he's like any ch- he like comes out with a gun at one point when they're making snow angels and he's like but he doesn't threaten him. He's like, you got to go. You got to go. I think he Joe, picks him up go. and throws him off. Yeah. Him. But he's, he's not like, like go home. Yeah. Just, you get the feeling he likes him, but it's like the stakes are much higher. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I like Matt Damon. I, I like him in these like, he's, I like he's not born. He's not Jason Bourne trying to save the world. He's just a guy. He's just, Matt Damon's great as, as a just guy guy. Like him a lot. Uh, number two characters, probably Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne, who's Dr. Ellis Cheever. I believe he's the head of CDC. He's good because... um. If the world is going to collapse like this, you want Morpheus running things. <laughs> but he's good because he just has that gravitas and he seems in control of everything. And he, but he's, he's very human. There are stories circulating on the internet that in India and elsewhere, the drug ribavirin has been shown to be effective against this virus. Yet, Homeland Security is telling the CDC not to make any announcements until stockpiles of the drug can be secured. Well, Dr. Gupta, there continue to be evaluations of several drugs. Ribavirin is among them. But right now, our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently. Can you tell us to date how many people have died from this virus? Very difficult. We're still working on uh, confirming that number. There are 50 different states in this country, which means there are 50 different health departments, followed by 50 different protocols. You know, at one point in the movie, he tells his fiance, "This is when they're going to essentially close down Chicago. When they, when they, when the world has sort of realized, uh, we need to start shutting down cities. We're right. going to close the roads. We're going to close the airport. They're going to say like they, he says almost offhandedly, we're going to close O'Hare and Midway. And it's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> but they're instituting curfews. Yeah, um, I think martial law. I mean, it's yeah, like oh, definitely whole, martial it's law. Crazy. They're putting the president in a bunker. Yeah, yeah. Their f- Congress is figuring out how they can work online. <laughs> Good luck with Good this. Good luck Congress. with that, yeah. Chuck Grassley yeah. asshole." Oh. How do I dial into my AOL account? Right click, Chuck. Right click. <laughs> uh, but so he tells his fiance, he just says, leave it, leave now, come to Atlanta. Don't tell anyone. Get on the road now. And naturally, she, she tells, tells somebody. And then so, and there's a great, because um, uh, the one guy, um, what's his name? Your buddy from uh, Breaking Bad, my favorite show. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, he plays. Will has never seen Breaking Bad. I've never. And I like Brian Cranston. I saw him on Seinfeld years before He's Breaking Bad. He is. He's Tim Watley, the dentist. But he plays like the military kind of liaison to the... Yeah. Like and kind it, of, he seems like an old, retired... Not retired, yeah. but you know, he's not... He's certainly not a soldier. No, but yeah. he's got the... He's got the military at his disposal, kind right. of. But he um he has a great line where he says, we don't want anyone to know until everybody knows. Meaning the news has to go out all at once. It can't filter out and a panic starting and all this and that. And so, and you see the panic. I mean, people are like looting stores and well, we might as well get to one of the other main characters, which is Jude Law's character. Right. At this so point. I want to talk about him for a moment. Um, Alan Crumweed. Crumweed? Alan, I don't know. He's a British guy. I don't know. He's a blogger. But uh, Larry Fishburne calls his fiance and says, hey. You need to come to Chicago or to Atlanta now. To Atlanta. Now. This is a private phone call. Very private. Him. Like, he's not supposed to be doing this. Jude Law is a conspiracy theorist blogger. He's a little bit of a... Uh, I think back then he was probably... Uh, uh, what's his name? Matt... Uh, who was the guy? Oh, Matt Drudge? I think he was like a Drudge kind of guy. Yeah, I think that's yeah. about right. Yeah, with, with a, li- with a years little ago, bit of crazy InfoWars weirdo. Right, um, pre-InfoWars. Yeah, yeah, pre, but uh, uh, Alex uh, Alex Jones. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he, so he was... He's like that's a good combination of Alex Jones and George. right. Uh, 
somehow he decides he's going to make money. He's going to profit off this disease. Right. So he tells, starts telling his blogger audience, and he it's so funny. He talks about, I have 1 million visitors. Yeah. It's like, are you serious? Like, Red Letter Media has 1 million. Yeah, he's like, I have 12. Yeah, but unique, vi- he's saying unique visitors. Yeah. They'll listen to me. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, right. Okay, blah, buddy. Uh, so, which I guess maybe uh, 10 years ago, that was, was a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I wish we had 1 million listeners to this. Yeah. Tell your friends, people. Yeah, review us on iTunes. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jude Laws, I'm, I'm just going to use the actor names. Yeah. It's just easier. There's so many. Of course, of yeah, exactly. Uh Jude Law decides he's going to profit off this by what's that pushing? Um, what's it called? It's uh, I was going to say formaldehyde, but that's not it. For forsythia, forsythia, right? He's going to push forsythia. It's a homeopathic cure. It's a plant thing, right? As Penitelli used to say, homeopathic means doesn't do anything. <laughs> doesn't do anything. Not not legally bound to do anything. No, so because he, he is sick at one point, but he fake. He's not. He's fake. right, but yeah, but I mean, he he goes on his little video blog. video blog and and is like, if I'm still alive tomorrow, you'll know it worked, and then he's alive tomorrow, so. which causes a panic in in for people need forsythia all of a sudden because right. he's saying. Because there's no cure, right? Like we don't yeah, this have a is vaccine. before there's a cure. And then when the vaccine comes around, he's going to tell people not to trust it. Don't take it. Don't. T- and that's when the government steps in and arrests his yeah. ass. A ton uh, of people converge on him and arrest his and ass. And it turns out he had been pushing this for Scythia while also simultaneously investing in a company that right. pushes out for Scythia. CDC is exploring for Scythia and other homeopathic treatments. But right now, there's no science to back any of these claims. Or no way Dr. Cheever or the people who put him into power can profit from it. We're not ruling anything out. There are people who are sick. People who are dying, and we are not keeping us safe from this any more than they kept us safe about the Wall Street or Katrina. Dr. Cheever is being a bit disingenuous when he says every American citizen. We're working very hard to find out where this virus came from, to treat it, and to vaccinate against it if we can. Now, let's clear, let's be clear. He's not entirely wrong about drug companies making a lot of money. Right. No, he's not at all. I mean, he, he's the one who brings up the Spanish flu and how, how like, yeah, uh, and how, but Lysol and or yeah, whoever they yeah, all made a lot of money. money off it. We'll get, we're doing another movie in a a couple episodes where we'll talk about the history of the bear company. Right. And believe me, is it grim? <laughs> uh, boy. So, anyway. uh, eventually he ends up getting busted and I, I guess I found his character to be so over the top. It's cartoony. He's definitely the, and I like Jude Law as an actor. He's the worst part of this movie. Yeah, I agree. It's just too abrasive. It doesn't, I mean, I like having someone who's like questioning the government, but you don't believe him for a second. No. He's too annoying. He's too annoying. Stephanie, my wife came home and I was watching this and she goes, why are his teeth all messed up? Yeah. And I was like, he's well, British. He's British so yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, it's like, if he had been more subtle, it would have been more compelling. You'd think like, well, maybe, maybe they are lying. You know, I don't know. Right. Because so, his, his introduction scene is him sitting at a park bench with like a, hey, you seem to know what's going on. What's going to make money next? Which right, like, yeah. Oh, why would you talk to this weird blogger guy in the yeah. park? Exactly, yeah. But, okay. It's, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's the he's the weak link in this movie, I think. At one point, um, the he- Larry Fishburne is called on, um, what's that? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling here. The uh, he's, he's called to go on a TV show. Uh, to sort oh, of it's uh, Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay Gupta. To sort the of actual explain. Sanjay Gupta. Yep. To sort of explain the state of what's going on here. This The point of this TV show is, all right, CDC doc, tell us what's going on. Are we all going to die? Right. And halfway through the show, Gupta's like, and hey, we have a surprise guest for you. It's Jude Law. Yeah, I'm not buying that. And Jude Law, he's like, he's got one million viewers to his blog, Jude Law. And so Jude Law starts talking. And Jude Law says, hey, doctor, tell me about the 
the secret Facebook communique. Yeah, what's with, that? Yeah, like, the secret Facebook communique. That sounded a little too much like 2011. What's popular? Right. Facebook. That's funny. What's funny? No, I think you're funny because if you check on Facebook, you'll find a communique attributed to Dr. Cheever by Elizabeth Nygaard about the quarantine of Chicago hours before it was announced to the public. That's why I think he's a bit disingenuous when he says equal care for all and not just his friends. Some pretty wild allegations here, Dr. Cheever. I mean, can you tell us what communication appeared and when? Hey, what exactly is the nature of your relationship with Elizabeth Nygaard? Well, again, I'm not aware of anything attributed to me on any social media. I'm sure you're not. Facebook it is there. It is there. Tell them what an Arnold of two really means, Dr. Cheever. Teach him some math. Hmm? It doesn't make any sense because we saw him call his fiance. She, he didn't Facebook message her and tell her to come home. He called her. Yeah, exactly. We I, saw the phone call. How? It just doesn't make sense. And no. I, that's such a weird thing to go, ah, who cares? But I... In a movie that seems hyper-realistic, yeah. as you watch this movie, it feels like real life. It he feels like the coronavirus right now. Yeah, he just should have said, like, well, how is it your fiancé made it to Atlanta? Da, 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 da. Just yeah, I mean, figure out a better way to exactly. write around that. It was yeah. Just, I mean, that's, yeah, that's... I, I, I don't mean to do that. No, I, know. I mean, by the that's way, we, and we, otherwise, usually, we usually talk about movies in a framing of, like, hey, do you like it? Will usually loves the movie because he's the one picking them. And Billy I, actually picked this one, and I've, I, I saw it in the theater, but... I've forgotten how good it it's really so is. Good. It's really good. And it's a movie that people like kind of go, oh yeah, whatever, Contagion, I get it. No. But it's like, give it another look. This is my classic. We talked earlier about how some movies that don't get Oscars or don't even get nominated. Those are the movies that stand the test of time. This one, I guarantee, even if there was no virus going on right now, watch this movie. It's very entertaining. It shot into the top 10 of iTunes. Yeah, it, well, it should. And I mean, it's it's got like a great, we'll talk about the cast in a second, but just great directing. It looks great. It's like all sleek and kind of cold and ominous. And it's very, know, um, I, I want to say that they, I, I might be wrong about this, but they do the trick where, uh, and we'll talk about cinematography later, but where you go from scene to scene and the colors different based on who we're with. Oh, yeah. So I mean, like, I think a, Matt Damon's scenes are all kind of blue tinted, yeah. like, almost like traffic. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you know who directed Traffic? Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, right. That's yeah. why I bring He's it up. A pro- you know, when Amy and I saw this in the theater, by the way, I distinctly remember being very conscious of not wanting to cough. <laughs> it was like you could just feel the tension, like, I can't cough, I can't <laughs> sneeze, I can't sniffle, I can't do anything, because, you know, we're in a room full of people, and yeah. that's uh, the sign of a good movie. <laughs> uh, we got, there's so I don't know how many more characters we specifically want to talk about. We talked about Kate Winslet. Um, Marion Cotillard. She's, I don't know what her name is in the movie. Her her role is to go investigate the source. Yeah, in Hong Kong. They fly her out to Hong Kong, which that seems like a death warrant. But she well, fl- but that's what you got to do. She, By the way, you know, when they say that, they say like Kowloon is the most densely populated place on the planet. Yeah. I've been to Kowloon, baby. When I'm, we went in Dopped Alley, we spent a week in Hong Kong. Oh, and right, it's right, right. Crazy. But um, it's, uh, and Hong Kong, it, I mean, Hong Kong's incredible. It's great, but it's it's crowded. Yeah. The thing about China is, is you know, because the other thing they do with this movie is they'll like say, you know, San Francisco population three million or something, Chicago population dot. You know, they give the populations yeah. for every city you're in. China has dozens, maybe hundreds of cities that you and I and the rest of the world has never heard of that are like seven, eight million people. Right. They have a hundred Chicago's. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yep. Easily. You, we would drive through these cities we never heard of, and it's just skyscrapers as far as you can see. Yeah, I've heard that too, but they're, it's a you know sort of secretive place, so you don't, yeah. you know. All right. Uh, 
So she her job is to go out to the source. She hooks up with the guy. Um, it doesn't hook. That's the wrong phrase. But she no. she she meets pairs off with China's sort of representative. Her her equivalent in China, and it's uh the guy from Dark Knight. It's the guy. His we should because we're mentioning all these other actors. This guy Chin Han. Who is um yeah he's in Dark Knight he's, he's the accountant the shady accountant that Joker yeah. says I know a weasel <laughs> he's in tons of movies he's in Ghost of the Shell he was in the Arrow he's great. TV show he's a really good actor and it's this movie just every time a new character you're like I can't believe this person's in it he and that guy he's like the twentieth lead yeah I mean like there's seriously twenty oh, actors Cody Art shows up so late in the movie I'm like I forgot she was even in it. And she's an Oscar-winning actress. <laughs> and she's in, you said Inception was the same year as this? No, I was wrong. Inception was the year before this. I don't know, man. I'm looking at I'm looking at the 2011 Oscar list. and But it, that's the movie that won in 2011. Right. 2010, 2011 movies. Oh, uh, I see. Girl with I the see. Dragon Tattoo and some stuff like but that. But what I'm saying is she would have gone from Inception to this. Yeah. It's just as a yeah. bit part. You got her. Yeah. Let's just real quick go over this list. Because um, characters, I mean, we could go into the weeds on some of the characters, but let's just list the cast. Gwyneth Paltrow, you got the Chin Han, Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne, John Hawks, who was in Deadwood and is in a lot of other stuff. He was in um, Marcy May Marlene. He's a great character actor. He's he- the janitor. Good morning, Roger. Hey, hey. So you really kicked ass in that football pool. Huh? Uh, yeah, you need to give up on your lions, Doc. Start picking with your head and not your heart. Yeah, thank you for the tip. Hey, 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 Doc. Uh, yeah? I know you're busy. Uh, I, uh, you got a second? Sure. I got a medical question. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my, my kid's been uh, having problems at school. Uh, attention deficit thing. ADHD? Yeah. He's been diagnosed yet? Well, that, that's the thing. They wanted to see someone. Uh, I was wondering if you could take a look at him. I'm not really that kind of doctor. Roger. Yeah, well, I didn't know. I, I just thought maybe. Maybe I can refer someone, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's treatable. Okay. We'll find someone, have them take a look at him. Shouldn't be a problem. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Doctor. You're welcome. And he's great because he, that's when you get some nice humanity because at the end, when they do develop a vaccine, you know, they, they can't give it to everyone at once. So they have this lottery. And if you were born on like March 11th, you get it the first day. And if you were born on January 10th, you get the second day. And, you know, so you may have to wait a year to get the vaccine. They right. have it, but you can't get it right away. And Lawrence Fishburne gives it to his son. He like brings gives, one gives over. It to gives Cheever's it to John Hawks' son. Hawks' son, sorry. Hawk's son, sorry. Yeah. And it's just a nice little gesture. Yeah. Well, you know? also it's guilt. Like, please It don't. is guilt. Yeah. I think it's don't testify against me in court. I think it's partly... I think there's a little bit of security. There's a bit of CYA there, my friend. You're a cynical man, my friend. But so you got him. You got, uh, let's see. You got Marion Cotillard. Cotillard. You got Kate Winslet. You got um, uh, the guy who played. You got Dimitri Martin. Oh, yeah. The comedian. What's he doing in this movie? It's trying to become a serious actor. Yeah. No, that didn't work out. You got Jennifer, I believe it's pronounced Ellie, who she plays the, do- she plays the doctor who actually discovers the cure. Maybe these aren't all big stars, but you've seen them. Yeah. Um, Sanjay Gupta. Uh, you have um, the guy from, uh, I can't remember his name. The guy from Galaxy Quest who plays the lead alien. He's in it. Enrico uh, Colantoni. He was also in Veronica Mars for years, but he's in it. I mean, it's it's just a deep bench. Brian Cranston, like we mentioned. It's, yeah, shockingly deep. Yeah. So okay. Let's move on from the cast. It's it's good, and they're all good except for Jude Law. <laughs> oh, and his performance—he's fine. fine. It's, it's just, just his character and, is annoying and yep, kind of pointless. But anyway, so usually after that we talk about writing, cinematography. Where do you want to move? 
And we kind of covered both of those. I guess we did. Yeah, the cinematography is is really well done. It's 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 just slick. I mean, it's interesting. Soderbergh knows how to make a slick, slick movie. I mean, he made, you know, he made Ocean's the Ocean's Eleven movies, which it just you know this is when you want a glossy Hollywood movie that still feels kind of a little bit rough around the edges, like it you know it has some energy to it. I mean, he knows how he's doing it. I mean, it's this is no doubt a completely professional production from you know a to z but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a too serious movie where it'd be kind of strained for seriousness it just zips along and it's you care about the characters but you don't get bogged down in everything yeah i think they do a good job of not getting too i mean the gwyneth paltrow corpse looks a little fake Looks a little bit like, well, but what I'm saying is, uh, <laughs> but the, the movie doesn't spend that much time. No, it's just a quick Exploiting shot. blood and making it seem like, you know. No, it's not. It could, this movie could be endlessly depressing and endlessly like nauseating, but it's not. It, you know, it, it does what it's doing. Right. And um, the, uh, and in the end, uh, what is it? 26 million people die, but it kind of has a happy ending, <laughs> you know. Hey, we're all going to be okay, even though 26 million people have died, which, by the way, is not even 1% of the world's population. But, my God, if 26 million people died of something worldwide, you would know it, my friend. <laughs> I guess with that, I well, don't we really should, have any other final thoughts on Oh, this. I have a final thought because we should cover the final scene in the movie, which is also the first scene in the movie. Right. Because they go back, and the last thing you see is day one. And you see uh, there's a bulldozer knocking down a forest. And it's it's the bulldozer has the corporate logo of Gwyneth Paltrow's company. That's right. But it's pure coincidence. I mean, it's not like she was on at the bulldozer, but it knocks down. I mean, that's over in, where is that in? Well, I think so. I think the thing is she's out there because they're opening a new factory or something. Right. So, but I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's. But, so they're bulldozing land to make space for her if company. If Gwyneth Paltrow hadn't been sleeping around on innocent Matt Damon, none of this would have happened. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. No, but but so what happens is uh, knocks down some trees. A bat flies out of the trees, flies into a pig farm and drops its food. Drops its food. Pig eats it. Pig goes to a Chinese restaurant in Hong Kong where Gwyneth Paltrow is. The chef is reaching in the pig's mouth. Right, he's preparing the pig, and he reaches in the pig's mouth doing something. Then he hears like, oh, this executive's out there, wants to meet you. He wipes his hands on his apron, goes out, shakes her hand. She wanted to just thank him for a good meal. Boom. Yeah. That's and that's it. that. And it's it's great they saved that for the end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it says day one. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. And they guess at one point they're like the wrong bat met the wrong pig. Yeah. Well, they, they didn't guess. I think they could see. In yeah. The, I mean, they the figured it out. Whatever. But. but it's a hell of a movie. Hell and of it, a movie. And it's. I, I just want to say this because, you know, obviously we don't, we don't know where this coronavirus is going. Um, you know, if, if anyone is affected by it, obviously that's very serious. But this movie, it's it's amazing how entertaining it is. It's like a big compelling mystery, actually, not, almost like an adventure movie. Yeah, I think you can see that Soderbergh's work with like Ocean's Eleven and dealing with that giant cast. Sure. And how to put all these different people doing different things and sign them together. It, he knows how to do it. It works real well. Soderbergh has so many good movies. He has the Ocean's Eleven movies. He has this. He has a movie called The Limey, which is incredible. He did Traffic, which is great. He I like did, Traffic a lot. He did uh, The Informant with Matt Damon, which is really good and a comedy. Um, it's a weird comedy, too. I like how weird The Informant is. I like, I mean, Soderbergh. And, you know, he got his start doing... Um, 
Sex Lies and Videotape, which was a very low budget, one of the first indie movies in the late 80s, one of the movies that sort of led to the rise of Miramax. And without that, you wouldn't have Quentin Tarantino. I mean, it, it set the groundwork for a lot. And now he's, and there was a point in his career when he was, because I have this book by him, he had, he made that and he couldn't get another project really going and he was going to quit. This is in the early 90s. Yeah. Like he was like despondent, like, I don't know what I'm going to do and this and that. And then he made, um, he made Out of Sight with Clooney. Yeah. And that, right. everything they made, like, you know, Aaron Brockovich and. You know, I didn't know he made it. I didn't realize that he was Aaron Brockovich. I think he won the Oscar for Aaron Brockovich. He made, he made, he made a movie called A Scanner Darkly. Have you ever heard of this? No. It stars, listen to this. It's based on a science fiction story by the guy who wrote Blade Runner, but it's essentially a very sort of low-key movie about a bunch of people who live in Los Angeles, this weird drug. It stars Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder, Woody Harrelson, Robert Downey Jr., but it's all animated. Hmm. Like they filmed it and then they put this animated overlay over it so it gets real psychedelic. Uh, they did something like that with the Lord of the Rings movies in the 70s. Oh, this is like a rotoscope uh, kind of thing. I know what you mean. and But this is very deliberate. It looks more, um, it's like more deliberate. You know it's the actors and then they kind of play with that. Sure. Yeah, it's like a more high-tech version. He also did, um, uh, he did Seriana with Clooney. Or he, he might have produced that. But he's like worked with Clooney a bunch of times. Um, sure. And he did, uh, speaking of Clooney, a movie called Good Night, Good Luck. Which oh, is yeah. about That's a great movie. I didn't know that was him, too. God, Soderbergh's really good. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. He executive produced that. Clooney directed it. Got it. Oh, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Duh. But I do think Clooney, and I think Clooney would agree, Clooney owes a lot of his career to Soderbergh. Sure. That's his, it's, you know, you got to find that director and latch on. Leo mm -hmm. did that, and that's what people do. Yeah. So that's what we thought of Contagion and Steven Soderbergh. We'd love to know what you thought. You could find us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts under Out of Theaters. We'd really appreciate a five-star review. You hear the spiel every podcast you listen to, but it helps. And yeah. I got one I want to read for you. We're gonna, we always read them on the air as, as we get them. This is from a man named Rob Ullman. Never heard of him. Oh. Don't know who this Rob. is. Yeah. But he did leave us five stars. So Rob, thank you. It says. We love Rob. So much to appreciate, but beyond the elevator pitch. Will has forgotten more about movies than most folks will ever know, and Billy works great as the young whippersnapper, seeming bereft of the ability to appreciate cinema prior to the year 2000. <laughs> I'll often, it, it'll often have you shaking your head, but it's always entertaining and, in all capital letters, so professionally put together that you'll be waiting for the next episode. My favorite mo movie podcast of them all. That's super nice, Rob. It is super nice. Really gratefully. Thank I, you. Seriously, Rob's a good friend of mine, and I love Rob. And so thanks, Rob. We thanks appreciate for, Thanks it. for putting that together. If you're going to write something, go to it. But please, for God's sakes, wash your hands before <laughs> and after you do it. <laughs> if we've learned nothing else from Contagion. What are we going to watch next week? Next week, um, we're going to... Oh, we're going to get back to what we're supposed to do. Yes. Catch we're, Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can. It's funny. We wanted to watch Catch Me If You Can because we wanted to watch a happy movie after watching something so <laughs> bleak the week before. That was the whole point of it. Right. We watched uh, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange which I I find a very entertaining happy movie. That movie is an unpleasant, tough watch. I disagree in both ways, but I understand why people feel that way. So then we followed it up with a disease movie. Right. So which I again find very entertaining and <laughs> kind of happy. So even now let's watch the happy catch me. That's right. This one legitimately is a light entertaining comedy. Awesome. Okay. Well, th thanks for, for diverting here to this movie too. I just thought it was topical with the, with the time we're in. Um, if you have any other final thoughts? Um, no, just watch Contagion for God's sakes and then watch a bunch of other Soderbergh movies. Okay. How do I end? How do I end this show? 
<laughs> Sneeze? <laughs> Eat some pig? <laughs> <coughs> Until next time, we will miss you all most of all.